it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to College Football Saturday and welcome to Respect My Decision. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Uh, welcome in episode three. It's been a fun couple weeks here. Last week we had Mike Farrell and Neil McCready of Rivals.com on. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a good time talking about uh, dealing with COVID-19 and, and getting creative with recruiting, diving into um, probably the biggest recruitment um coming up i I asked mike farrell if it's uh, the biggest one since jimmy clausen uh and he seemed to agree uh with arch manning the sophomore quarterback out of new orleans uh he played on national television this week um isidore newman played against booker t washington of new orleans Uh, arch and uh the greenies came away with the win but uh but yeah if you want to go back and listen to that one uh, you can find it everywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, all that good stuff. It's on there. Go listen to my conversation with Mike Farrell. You can listen to my conversation with Neil McCready. We talked a lot about um, how first-year coaches are getting around the challenges of recruiting in this unique cycle. Uh, we talk a ton about Lane Kiffin, Sam Pittman, Eli Drinkwitz, Um, Mike Leach and just the inner workings of recruiting right now with a pandemic going on. So a lot of good stuff on episode two. Um, Before we get started here on episode three, um, we're going to briefly talk about this slate of games that we have today. I know this is a recruiting show, but I would be remiss if we didn't talk about what we have on tap for today. It is a packed Saturday slate of college football games. Um, we are going to be, uh, joined by Kevin Noon here in uh, a little bit, the uh, publisher and managing editor at BuckeyeGrove.com, part of the Rivals Network, part of Yahoo Sports Networks. Um, he will join me and we're going to talk about the Big Ten. Big Ten's back next week, uh, kick off things. Big Noon Saturday, all that good stuff with, uh, with Gus Johnson and, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good to have more football added um to our saturdays um all jokes aside uh with how they got here how they got it done uh but they're back uh so everybody can rejoice in the fact that the big 10 is is joining us on saturday again so looking forward to that so kevin will be on here in a little bit take a little sip of the coffee all right so before we get started i do want to talk to you about american betting experts uh, respect my decision. 
is sponsored by American betting experts. Um, you may call it ABE. Maybe Abe for short. Uh, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. Uh, we at the Chris Landry Network have teamed together uh, to provide special gaming offers to everyone, to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So podcast listeners, Twitch, live stream, all of that. Uh, so here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. Uh, pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all that good stuff. Sign up, and you'll instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Literally, that's all you have to do. Go to a site and sign up. That's it. So, again, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from our friends at American Betting Experts. All right, so let's talk about this week's games. Um, I'm just going to run through some of the big ones that jump out to me. I mean, last night was an absolute doozy um, with BYU and Houston. I, uh, I Another show that I do, we were really liking Houston um, to cover there. And, uh, man, it was really looking good early on. And then the Mormon Manziel, Zach Wilson, just absolutely turned it on. And the Cougs just ran away with it. So um, that was a really fun one. SMU Tulane was a lot of fun. Tulane continues to have some of the best uniforms in college football. SMU continues to score a ton of points. Um, yeah, let's look at this uh, this week of games here. I mean, I think, obviously, the big one, Alabama, Georgia tonight, number one offense versus number one defense. Um, it's going to be a ton of fun. I have some reservations about how good I think Stetson Bennett can be. Uh, now we know this isn't a typical Alabama defense, but, um, they are certainly capable of scoring a ton of points as we saw last week against Ole Miss. They got in a shootout and were able to hold their own and go punch for punch with Lane Kiffin and his high flying offense. Um, but yeah, this weekend is a ton of fun. I, I mean, starting at 11 a.m., I still think that Clemson Georgia Tech is going to be a lot of fun. I don't think that um, I don't think the Jackets are going to have a chance to win by any chance, not at all. Um, but this is a game that is going to, you know, how good can Trevor Lawrence be in a game where you really have to absolutely continue to make a statement, continue to play well. It's an 11 a.m. snoozer on the road. Are they going to be able to get up for this game? Um, I again, Clemson's going to handle business, but I mean, Georgia Tech's not bad. Jeff Collins got them going in the right direction, so keep an eye on that one. Another ranked opponent, uh, a ranked team, I should say, that uh, is trying to make a statement. Auburn, number fifteen, Auburn at South Carolina today at eleven. This one's dicey. I think this one can get real dicey. Um, it is – uh, I, I don't know what I think about Auburn just yet. Uh, the offense is still kind of bleh. And South Carolina, all, you know, albeit they're, they're not great, but they're consistently okay. At home, 11 a.m. kick. Who knows? Auburn 
Auburn got lucky last week. They really, really, really got bailed out by the officials. What they called on the field as a spike and they killed the clock should have been a fumble. It was not. They escaped Arkansas uh, with a win. So keep an eye out here. Might be a watch your ass game. All right. Another one uh, staying in the in the SEC here, Kentucky at Tennessee. Uh, number 18, Tennessee, coming off that thrashing by Georgia. Another team that's not great, but they're consistently good, Kentucky. Um, I, I think this one's just going to be an old-fashioned rock fight. I think uh, both teams are going to try to run the football and just beat each other up. Kentucky's not bad, though. Um, Terry Wilson, Cavassier Smoke, um, A.J. Love, they run the football extremely well. And then, like I said, Tennessee is going to come right back at them with the same medicine. Ty Chandler, Eric Gray. Jarek Guantano just still is is not doing it for me. Um, but this one's close. Very close. I, I like Kentucky in this situation. Um, moving down the list here, uh, another ranked team on the road, Texas A&M traveling to Starkville. Mississippi State coming off a game where they only scored two points. Uh, you know they are looking to rebound in a big way. National television, 3 p.m. on ESPN. A&M, are they going to have a letdown coming off the big win over a top-five Florida team? Are they going to be ready? Is Jimbo going to have them focused? I I don't know. Kellamon, another guy that just doesn't really do it for me. He was really good last week against Florida. Um, but how good is that Florida defense? Now, I'm still going to give him credit. Still got to still got to perform. Still got to win the game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, on the road here, big opportunity for Jimbo and them to continue to roll uh, against the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Uh, last couple games here, ranked opponents, uh, Oklahoma State at Baylor, Cincinnati at Tulsa, all postponed. LSU, Florida, obviously postponed. Vandy at Mizzou, postponed. All right, Georgia, Alabama. Oh, man, I don't know. I I really, really like this Georgia defense. Fast, physical, front seven is about as good as it can get. The secondary, really aggressive. A lot of length, a lot of athleticism. They play a ton of assertiveness um, close to the line of scrimmage, active in the backfield. Really, really like what Kirby Smart's got on defense. But, man, Mac Jones, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, that Alabama offense is so fun. And, like I said, they went toe-to-toe with with an Ole Miss offense that is – Arguably a top five offense in the country right now. Matt Corral is playing at an extremely high level. Uh, One could say he's probably playing at a Heisman level. He won't be in that conversation because Ole Miss is not going to win enough. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's Alabama. The 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 shift from early two thousands Alabama to twenty twenty Alabama is been extremely fun and, and and wild to watch because, I mean, they went from ground and pound control clock, game-managing quarterbacks to Mac Jones, who was up there with Corral and uh, Kyle Trask and Zach Wilson and these quarterbacks that are efficient throwing the ball, not only not only just efficient with, you know, in regards to completion percentage and, you know, manipulating coverage, controlling the game with their arm. I mean, he's throwing the ball downfield. He's stretching the field vertically, but they're also, I mean – 
the intermediate passing game for Mac Jones in Alabama is essentially automatic. Um, I mean, they are so, so talented out wide at running back. Najee Harris could be the first running back taken in the NFL draft. I mean, he is an absolute monster. Um, so I'm leaning Alabama here. I wouldn't say big, but I think they absolutely cover. Um, I just don't think Stetson Bennett can keep pace with uh, with Mac Jones. So, all right, let's talk a little recruiting. Uh, the Big Ten is back um, this week. We are going to talk to Kevin Noon, as I said. Let's uh, let's kind of give you a reset here on the uh, team rankings in the 2021 class. We are going to talk to him a ton about what Ohio State has done. Um, without playing any games, they're sitting second in the team rankings right now behind Alabama uh, with an average star rating of 385, um, which is just – just stupid, just insane. Um, but I mean, right now you're looking at two five stars. You got Jack Sawyer, the big defensive end from Pick, uh, Pickerington, Ohio, and then Donovan Jackson, big offensive lineman out of Houston, Texas. Uh, but man, after that, just absolutely loaded. Kyle McCord, um, really talented quarterback out of Philly. Really like what I saw from him at the Elite 11 earlier this summer. Very, very strong, lower half, big arm. Makes all the throws. We we're just talking about Mac Jones and how efficient he is in the intermediate passing game. But but Kyle McCord is it? I'd say, you know that that might not be the worst comparison right there. Um, big arm, very very accurate, um, and the footwork uh, from what I saw at Elite Eleven earlier this summer was uh, was pretty darn good. So uh, rounding out the rest of their four stars, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of them here. Uh, if you want to feel old like myself. Um, another Philly kid, Marvin Harrison Jr., another four-star uh, receiver, obviously 6'4", 203, son of uh, Colts great Marvin Harrison. And I guess a couple that they went out and got. Um, I mean, we know that Ohio State recruits nationally. They have for some time, but Evan Pryor from uh, Cornelius, North Carolina. A lot of people thought he was a shoe-in to join Mac Brown in North Carolina. Ohio State went out and got him. Um, Andre Turrentine from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, big corner uh, from Innsworth, six foot 180. Um, very physical, athletic guy. Um, just seems to kind of fit right in with what the Buckeyes do on defense there. Um, then you've got a guy like Jordan Hancock from Swanee, Georgia, right there. Um, went, you know, right in Kirby Smart's backyard. And uh, got you another big physical corner, um, and then yeah, I mean this this class has essentially met all their needs pretty much already. Uh, Denzel Burke from Scottsdale, Arizona, another six foot one eighty corner. I mean, they just seem to just have it all. So um, very very talented class. Um, another guy on here, uh, Zanua uh, Mikowski from Indiana, a pretty underrated offensive lineman that uh, commitment from. Uh, earlier this month, a lot of people were big, big, big in on him. So number two overall class right now, obviously tops in the Big Ten. Um, Michigan at number six, 21 commits, a uh, 3.52 average. Um, big time commitment for Michigan this week. Brandon Jennings, uh, former 
Florida State commit, decommitted, opened things back up, and then quickly made a decision uh, within a week. Um, leading the way for Michigan in this class, quarterback J.J. McCarthy down at IMG, uh, another guy that uh, has been extremely, extremely impressive uh, so far this season for the Ascenders down there. Um, and then working our way down the list here, um, a ton of names here, a uh, lot of work on the defensive side of the football. Junior Colson from Brentwood, Tennessee. I uh, already talked about Jennings. That's that's two linebackers right there that you can build a defense around. Um, Kayshawn Bennett uh, going up to Connecticut to get two guys. Kayshawn Bennett and Tristan Bounds. And then Quentin Somerville, another guy from Scottsdale. So um, Big Ten recruiting nationally, no surprise. So uh, we're going to bring Kevin Noon in now. As I said, publisher, managing editor, BuckeyeGrove.com. We're going to talk a lot about the Big Ten coming back next week. I'm sure he is excited. And, uh, hell, I'm excited, too. So, like I said, we're, we're welcoming everybody here on Saturday. So, we'll bring Kevin in now. And, uh, Kevin, good morning. How are you? Doing well. My last uh, Saturday without Big Ten football here. So, uh, rolling out of bed a little slow and uh, excited to jump on the show. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Um, I, I was going to say, I, I was watching uh, the Braves and uh, the Dodgers last night, and I heard uh, them, uh, Joe Buck, teasing Big Ten Saturday, and uh, man, I, I got excited because I, I, I love I love listening to Gus and, and Joel get after it early. You know, a lot of people complain about the, the 11 a.m. kicks, but man, I you can't complain starting your day off with those two. No, I grew up on the West Coast. <clears throat> I was watching the game, too. I'm originally from L.A., so I'm a Dodgers fan, so that probably won't resonate well with a lot of your uh, viewers, but um so I grew up with, with 9 a.m. kicks, and, yeah, it was great. I, I mean, you know, and with the NFL on Sundays, I was always like, oh, I'm too sick to go to church. I, I want to sit here and watch – I want to watch cartoons, and then I want to watch NFL football. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with, you know, there's 12 o'clock kicks here in the Eastern time zone, and, uh, you know, full day of football until you get to, like, Pac-12 after dark. We're going to have to wait a couple more weeks for that, though. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that's when you really get the fix. You get that full day of just not doing anything but staring at a screen. So uh, excited for that to be back. So uh, let's jump in right there. So in terms of recruiting, and I, I just talked about Ohio State's class right before you joined and, and just how balanced and how deep it is. Um, we all know that it's it's loaded with a ton of talent. But what, what's been the message – that Ryan Day and his staff have, have been conveying to recruits uh, up until now when they didn't know if they were going to have a season or not? I mean, I think you just have to be patient. I mean, you know, we were all saying, you know, this, this is a, this is a temporary situation. You know, we hear the, we hear the old saying, this isn't a four-year decision. It's a 40-year decision. Ohio State certainly has had a record of uh, putting guys into the league, winning a lot of games, winning the Big Ten, uh, multiple years in a row just hasn't haven't been able to get over the hurdle here as of late in the college football playoff but uh ohio state does a great job in terms of uh you know selling more than just football itself i mean ohio ohio state degree just the support you get while you're there and everything else so you know ohio state's recruiting really hasn't missed a beat uh you know they they did have one big major decommit that happened during the cycle but outside of that they've been recruiting as well as anybody out there and they're neck and neck with Alabama in terms of trying to, to 
pull down that Rivals.com uh, team championship. Yeah, I talked about it. That the three eight five average is just absolutely silly. Um, I did talk a lot about about Kyle McCord and and what I like. I saw him at the Elite Eleven earlier this summer, and and just um, I, we were. I briefly touched on the uh, the slate this week, and just how I mean the games this week are going to be a ton of fun. I mean, it's all day good football. Uh, I talked a lot about Bama Georgia to close things up, and was talking about Mac Jones, and I thought you know hey that you know that's not the worst comparison right there um Kyle McCord big physical kid very uh I, I said it's big lower half I mean already looks like a college football quarterback um do you think that that he could potentially be in position uh I wouldn't say start but step in and and contribute right away when he gets on campus I mean he certainly could but you got to remember Ohio State took a couple of quarterbacks who are true freshmen this year with CJ Stroud and Jack Miller as well a couple of other four-star quarterbacks so you know it's going to be an interesting competition once uh Justin Fields plays his last game in Columbus which you know will be after this season um everybody's going to have an opportunity, but somebody this year is going to get those second string snaps. And it's probably going to be one of the freshmen. They did get Gunnar Hoke, the transfer from Kentucky who came in. And a lot of people say he might be the the two here in week one, just based on the fact that both of these quarterbacks who enrolled early only had three spring practices. Um, But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think there certainly is an opportunity for Kyle McCord. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't install him as the betting favorite at this point, just based on the fact there'll be two guys who will have a year within the system ahead of him in terms of Stroud and Miller. But you, you know, talent rises to the top, so you're just going to have to kind of wait and see. And I think a lot of Ohio State fans believe that whoever doesn't rise to the top between Miller and Stroud probably will be in the portal within a year or two. So, I mean, numbers always end up seem, seeming to work out. Out of Stroud and Miller, which one do you think has the leg up right now? Oh, boy. Um, certainly, you know, under the best of circumstances, Ohio State doesn't let us watch a lot of practice. Uh, we're not living in the best of circumstances right now, so I can't I can't base anything off of what I've seen. Um, you know, Jack Miller was the commit in the class for a long time, way before C.J. Stroud was even really on the board. C.J. Stroud blew up at Elite 11. Um I know a lot of people are really high on CJ Stroud. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to bet against Jack Miller, but you know, I would, I would probably give the edge to Stroud right now, but just by a real small margin. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, Jack Miller was, was a guy that I was familiar with on the recruiting trail and Stroud, obviously, like you said, blew up at elite 11, but yeah, Miller seemed like he was committed to, to Ohio state for four years. Um, so I know that he's excited to get up there. Uh, Ryan Day and him are, are pretty tight. Um, yeah, big physical kid, and uh, you know that. Let's let's talk about that too. I mean, that kind of leads me in here. I, Ohio State's always recruited nationally. It's a national top five brand. No, no surprise there. But um, the the kind of recent plucking of talent out of Arizona is something that uh, I've noticed over the past couple of years. And Arizona's kind of started to really produce a ton of talent. I, I, if you had to pick, uh, I would say, two or three states that Ohio State looks at to recruit nationally the most, do you think Arizona's up there, and who do you think those states are? Well, I, I would say Arizona here as of late. Um, they also went and got Lathan Ransom, the safety out of out of Arizona as well, had an opportunity 
to go and see him when we go out on our summer, our spring summer tour, spend two weeks going across the country. Um, I wouldn't say Arizona necessarily is a, a normal target for them. Uh, you know, Ohio State, like a lot of schools, is going to always recruit Florida well. He's going to recruit Texas. He's going to recruit Pennsylvania. Something that happened under Urban Meyer is it really appeared that Ohio State would target states where maybe the predominant school or schools were struggling a little bit. There was a year where Ohio, a couple of years, I mean, Ohio State recruits Maryland hard anyway, but where Ohio State seemed to really move into Maryland well. Ohio State right now with, uh, with kind of some of the transitions that are happening at Wazoo and at Washington are recruiting the state of Washington really hard. They go and get G. Scott last year. They're in after the dynamic duo of, of Emeka Abuka and JT Tuimolau. I'm not I'm not good with that name. I'm going to have to get good with it if they land him. Uh, with, with now we can be able to help you there. Yeah, with, with, with JT, I mean, you know, a, a five-star and a high and – a, and a, they may be both five-stars. I'm not even sure off the top of my head. Uh, I think they really kind of target areas to where they can kind of come in and, and swoop in and it just kind of adjusts. Uh, you know, they were able to really get in on Texas. I mean, when, you know, A&M wasn't getting it done, Texas certainly has not been getting it done here since, you know, the days of Mac Brown or whatever, but that's never stopped them. They've recruited Texas under, yeah. under Jim Trestle, John Cooper. I mean, we can go back and forth. There, there are more than enough kids there to be able to go and be competitive. Um, but, you know, I would say they're bread and butter. I mean, certainly Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, you know, the, the, the DMV area of DC, DC, Maryland, Virginia, they'll go and try and recruit pretty hard there, but, uh, they certainly made a run in Arizona. And I think this you know, over the last year plus, uh, they're really kind of looking at Washington right now as, uh, as Jimmy Lake looks to step into that Washington program. And, you know, there's obviously been a change at Washington state as well. Dipped into to Melbourne, Australia as well for a kicker. I saw that. That's a, uh... That's always good. Is yeah, Jeff that, that Pro Kick does a, a great job of producing these Australian uh, Australian rules guys. I mean, Ohio State had a lot of success with Cameron Johnston, who's now the starting punter for the uh, for the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles. So they're not unfamiliar with with Pro Kick Australia, and I, you know, we're probably not far away from a date where one in three kickers or, or punters specialists uh, in the college game may have some sort of tie to to the the continent of Australia. Yeah, I was so talking about just nationally recruiting uh, at, at a high level. Just looking at the commit list here, you've got you've got Tennessee, uh, Andre Turrentine, just talked about him out of Nashville. You've got Colorado, Georgia, Arizona, North Carolina. Evan Pryor was a big one. I think a lot of people thought Mac Brown and them would keep him home. Pick the Buckeyes. You know they're going to recruit Ohio well. They're going to essentially get whoever they want out of Ohio. Um, got to. Uh, Jaclyn Johnson from St. Louis, and then obviously McCord and Harrison Jr. from from Philly. So, um, yeah, I mean that's just kind of the I guess the this day and age with elite programs and how they're able to just go and get who they want. And you talk about Texas, I mean Tom Herman and them again in trouble, not really getting it done, and and you know that those fans are going to be unhappy. But A and M is still kind of I don't really know if how you know are they for real i don't know i mean texas is like you said has been up for grabs for a couple of years now um and you also alluded to there's a ton of kids there so they can't yeah. get them all 
No, they can't. But I can guarantee you that all the programs there would have loved to have landed Donovan Jackson, the five-star offensive lineman. It doesn't hurt that uh, he had family ties to the Cincinnati area, still has uh, relatives that, that live in that area. So there, there, there was a tie there. But, you know, even without that, I think Ohio State still does a really good job of, of recruiting the Lone Star State. I mean, we could jump ahead to 2022, Ohio State – Probably finished in the top three for Quinn Ewers, the uh, quarter, the talented quarterback out of uh, South Lake Carroll, uh, mm-hmm. who committed to Texas. But you have to wonder, is that going to ride? You don't know. I mean, Tom Herman certainly seems to be embattled right now in Austin. And if they have a coaching change at the end of this cycle, I mean, with him being a 22, there's still a long time to go. Uh, could he come back on the market? I mean, it was really Ohio State, Texas, and Oklahoma were the three schools that were mentioned the most for him. Ohio State's still recruiting the state of Texas well in 2022 after a couple of major running backs out there, Jadarian Price, uh, up from near like up near the state line. Uh, they like uh, Mecca Megua out of Fort Worth, Nolan Catholic as well. So, you know, don't don't look for Ohio State to, to get away from recruiting there. But a point I want to make about Ohio State's national recruiting, I think they got a little bit more national under Urban Meyer, but part of that was predicated by the state of Ohio not being as deep. Ohio is always going to have a couple of top-end kids, but when kids 7 through 30, when when that group kind of comes down a little bit, it forced Ohio State to look further out. You're seeing a lot of population shifts, the Rust Belt, a lot of, a lot of places or a lot of families are moving to Tennessee or moving to Arizona or to Texas or wherever because you're seeing a lot of industry, you know, drying up. So, uh, and because of that, I think a lot of the the kids that would come out of those families were moving to other states and you were see, you see North Carolina coming up as, uh, in terms of the, the amount of talent that it's producing or Tennessee, uh, you know, sometimes I might get lost in the shuffle a little bit in a state like Florida or Texas, but I think that had forced Ohio state's hand to move a little bit wider of a net, but the 21 class for Ohio is really good. The 22 class for Ohio should be really good. And I think you're going to see Ohio State's numbers in terms of in-state recruiting come up because of that, because they can sit there and say, well, we're going to look at these top 15 kids, whether or not they agree with Rivals.com's rankings or somebody else's rankings is immaterial. They can they can fill half the class theoretically from in-state, and it's a lot easier to hold, in, hold on to an in-state guy than – maybe somebody in the state of Texas or somebody in California or, or, or whatnot. I do want to ask about, uh, we, we talked about recruiting nationally and going all over the place. I, I did want to touch on this one particular recruit. And, uh, and I was, I was surprised um, when he released his top schools list. And for the longest time, everybody thought that Ohio state was, I think the, the favorite and, uh, didn't 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 make the top schools list. Uh, I'm talking about Taiwan Malone out of out of Ordell, New Jersey, from Bergen Catholic. Um, heavy heavily uh, recruited um, demons of tackle, top 50 player nationally, uh, two sport guy. Um, but yeah, I was shocked when when Ohio State didn't make the cut. Um, right now, he's looking at Florida State, Ole Miss, Rutgers, Tennessee, and A and M. Um, I don't know if you really want to get into this specifics or details. If you don't, you know, obviously no, I can, I can, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was shocked. So I mean, you know, what was what was the deal there? Well, he's a talented baseball player, and 
let's just be honest. Big Ten baseball is not SEC baseball or ACC baseball or Pac-12 baseball or anything there. And that's, you know, I have, you know, I'm, I'm very friendly with the baseball coaches and, you know, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to denigrate Ohio State's program, but, you know, it certainly was a case of where Malone wasn't necessarily being pursued uh, that much by Ohio State uh, baseball. Whether or not, you know, I, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm Ohio State's baseball coaches, yeah, I'd love to have a player like that potentially come in. But conversely, if he is also really focused on football, and, you know, that football scholarship is going to be the one that's going to write. It creates a lot of confusion there with that situation. So maybe it was a situation of where, you know, Ryan Day and, and, the, and the baseball coaches needed to, to, to huddle up a little bit more. But conversely, he, you know, when you play Big Ten baseball, you're going to start, you know, the first six, six seven weeks of your season playing in invitationals in Florida and Mississippi and Alabama and whatnot, because it's cold here. It's going to be cold during the start of, of the traditional baseball season. So yeah, it happens. Ohio state uh, ended up going out and landing uh, Tyleek Williams, pretty much snatching him away from the likes of either a UNC or a Virginia tech or whatnot. I'm not going to say he's exactly the same player that Tywon Malone is or whatnot, but I think Ohio state saw the writing on the wall and started to up their interest in Williams and, and landed a you know very talented two fifty type of kid there. Yeah, I think Ohio State's going to be all right um, <laughs> in terms of in terms of recruiting in this cycle. Uh, it, Greg Beals has been there a long time, and you know, not too not too far removed from winning Big Ten title in twenty sixteen, and they've been to three regionals since then. Um, so yeah, I would say, you know, like you said, Big Ten's not SEC baseball, but um, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, Kevin, I legit thought that Malone would just kind of eventually say, eh, no, I'll go play for Ohio state and I'll play for a national championship. Um, but no, he is, he is 100% dead serious about playing baseball at the next level. So um, I think you have to say that gives the sec teams and his top schools list, the edge here. Well, you'd think so unless, you know, what happens if he gets drafted a lot higher than you think? I mean, with, with base, I mean, it's weird with where we stand in terms of the, of, of, where everything is now with COVID and, you know, we've seen a lot of drafts limited and amount and the amount of rounds that they're going or whatever, but what happens if he gets one team falls in love with him and he gets a nice little check right there. I mean, I, 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 I honestly believe that if given his druthers today, he sees himself as a professional baseball player, not a professional football player. I think baseball means that much to him. I think his family is on board with that decision as well. So you could sit there and get to the finish line with this kid and everything else and then never have him never set foot on campus because he ends up going going to the minor leagues and just going forward with that. And, you know, I don't want to get into a whole thing about how Rob Manfred has ruined minor league baseball or whatever. So there's, there's less opportunity there in terms of, of of the minors, but you know, this kid can play. I mean, he's, he's, he he can play. And, you know, for every time we've seen a can't miss prospect in baseball, I mean, there's been a lot of them, but I think, I think Malone's got a shot. No, I, I I tell people a lot, uh, you know, as I cover recruiting for Ole Miss and Ole Miss is very, very heavily involved there. He can play. This isn't just some big dude who hits home runs and that's all he does. Like he's a legitimate athlete plays both corner infield positions. Um, 
can kind of hit all over the field. I would I would say he hits for average, but uh, very talented kid, really good swing. I mean, I saw him I guess a couple of years ago when he was I guess going to be a sophomore, and the exit velocity was already at 108, 110, and gosh, he, to a certain point, you, you can't teach that, Kevin. So no, uh, no. So, so <laughs> and honestly, you know the way that. The way that baseball contracts are set up and everything else, let's go. Let's go get that. You know, let's go get that guaranteed money. Uh, oh, I, absolutely. You said you said the family's on board, and hell, I'd be too. So, um, so yeah. Good luck to him and, and his decision. But uh, let's let's step away from recruiting real quick. I do want to get your thoughts on. Uh, uh, we we already talked about Justin Fields, and we've talked a lot of Ohio State. Um, you know, people are already kind of asking who can challenge Clemson. Um, you know, Alabama's defense is not what it normally is, but the offense is certainly there. Uh, but when people are asking who can challenge Clemson, Ohio State's still getting mentioned, and they hadn't played a game yet. Uh, so how good is this Ohio State team? We, we know what Justin Fields is, and we know how talented and how, how good he is. But what, who, 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 who are the other guys that we need to know, and, and how's the rest of the team look in, in terms of competing for that college football playoff? Ohio State returns a lot of players from a team that really should have probably beat Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, I, I, I thought I nailed that one. I told people, I said, I'm telling you, I said, Trevor Lawrence is so good. But I said, this Ohio State team is, is arguably one of the most complete teams I've ever seen. And, yeah, it was a bummer. Because I thought I I thought I nailed that pick, but I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, no, no, it's all good. So um, yeah, I mean they lose J.K. Dobbins, a two thousand yard rusher, is now on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know they're going to have a one two punch of Master Teague, who rushed for almost eight hundred yards last year as the understudy. But uh, as the competition went up and the year went on, he kind of got stymied a little bit. But I think he'll be in good shape. Plus they also have Trey Sermon, the former Oklahoma running back. So, you know, I think I think between that and, you know, Justin Fields is able to run the ball a little bit as well. Uh, I think they'll be fine in the, in the run game. It really starts with their offensive line, though. All-American uh, Wyatt Davis, who opted out for about a hiccup and then came back, uh, is one of their guards. Josh Myers, who is probably going to be on the short, short, short list for the Remington Award at center, along with Thayer Mumford, who is their left tackle. That gives them a really good nucleus to their line. Um, I expect to see Jack Miller, who's out of the state of Georgia, who will uh, be the center of the future. He'll slide into the other guard position and then it's really a battle for that uh, right tackle position. I think Nick Petit-Friere, the talented five-star out of Tampa, Florida, I think he'll end up being the guy who ends up solidifying that spot. Um, you know, when you look at receiver, uh, we, ha- we, we know the known quantities of Chris Olave, a former three-star out of uh, – out of California and Garrett Wilson out of Austin, Texas, but who originally had ties to Dublin, Ohio, which is a Columbus suburb. That'll be their one-two punch at receiver. But Ohio State went out and got itself maybe one of the best receiver classes in in the Rivals.com era in terms of, you know, since 2002 with uh, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, G. Scott and Mookie Cooper. Uh, They were so deep at receiver, they were able to go and take uh, Michigan's Mr. Football uh, Cameron Martinez and move him over to defense where he was more of an offensive player in high school in terms of kind of that that slash quarterback offensive uh, Swiss Army knife. He'll be playing uh, in the secondary for Ohio State. So I think Ohio State's offense is going to be pretty good. I think if we sit there and we look at football in general this year, 
offenses are so much ahead of defenses, whereas in most years it's the other way around. Defense mm-hmm. kind of ripens on the tree a little bit quicker than offense does. Uh, you know, Ohio State's certainly losing a, a, a tremendous player in Chase Young, who was a top three pick and went to the Washington football team and already is making waves there uh, in terms of playing his defensive end position. Uh, I think the biggest position that Ohio State fans are concerned about is the interior defensive line. Uh, they lose, they lost a lot of production there with uh, Robert B.B. Landers, Devon Hamilton, Jay Sean Cornell. Um, they're going to need to get some some uh, production there, especially you know they don't they don't necessarily have that big space eating zero tech or one tech type of guy, but. Uh, you know, they're going to need that production there. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, linebackers, they return everybody. And then the secondary is another position where they, they you know, you lose a lot again. They lose, you know, Damon Arnett goes to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, they just, um, Jeffrey Okuda goes to the Detroit Lions. Sean Wade comes back. He opted out for about a half a second. He's going to be the focal point in Kerry Combs' secondary scheme there. They're going to need some guys to step up, and I look for them to continue playing that single high safety look. Uh, but they have to replace that guy as well because Jordan Fuller went to the uh, L.A. Rams. So who's going to step into that role? So I think Ohio State's going to be like a lot of teams in terms of that offense may come out of the box uh, a lot more of a finished product. But uh, Ohio State's defense will 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 get there and round into shape, and I think Ohio State will have enough of a test in terms of what it's schedule is, especially with a big week two game against Penn State, to be game ready in case they do make it to the playoff, which I which I am expecting, and when they do end up drawing Clemson at some point. Do you think there's anyone in the Big Ten that can challenge them this year? That Penn State game is always going to be a scary proposition. You get them in week two, which is good and bad. <laughs> you haven't necessarily matured, but on the other side, the other team hasn't necessarily matured. Um, but that's going to really be the de facto game right there. I mean, you look at Ohio State's schedule beyond that. I mean, you, you have to go to week eight in terms of Michigan. Um, I think Michigan is going to be down. Uh, new quarterback with Joe Milton. The only time I've ever seen Joe Milton throw a pass, it was an interception against Ohio State a couple of years ago in, in garbage time. Uh, they get Chris Evans, a uh, very talented running back, who was out last year due to uh, due to some – uh, academic issues. Uh, I think he he makes them better on the ground, but I I really just don't know when you sit there and you know you don't have Nico Collins, you don't have Donovan Peoples Jones, you don't have uh, Tariq Black in, uh, at receiver anymore. I don't know where their where their playmakers are going to be at that point, and you lose a lot on defense as well. And you know I think that. Uh, the, the bloom is off the rose for a lot of people in terms of Jim Harbaugh, but I don't know where Michigan turns beyond that outside of maybe somebody like Matt Campbell at Iowa State. And, you know, that, that isn't necessarily going to be a splashy hire to, uh, no. to, 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 to Joe Average fan. I think those of us who watched Matt Campbell when he was at Toledo sit there and recognize that he's, he's, he's done a pretty good job, but doing a pretty good job at Toledo or doing a pretty good job in Ames, Iowa is very different than doing a really good job in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like it's almost kind of a make or break. I would say make or break season. Next couple of years are very important for Jim Harbaugh. And and hell, I'd throw James Franklin in there too. I'm not saying that they're in any risk of getting fired, but I mean, the expectations at both of those programs, they're not meeting them. And Ohio State is just an absolute machine right now. 
And so it's essentially, okay, who's, you know, Michigan, they're not competing for the division. So it's essentially who's, who's getting to, uh, who, I guess they, they play the title game in Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. So, so who's going to Lucas oil to get their brains beat in? That's kind of what they're playing for right now. Does it not feel like that? Well, but I think if you use that, if you extrapolate that over to the ACC, Mac Brown and everybody else is in trouble because Dabo Swinney's Clemson Tigers have just made mincemeat out of everybody in that conference at this point. So I don't know. I mean, yes, you want to compete for titles. You want to compete for national championships or whatnot. Ohio State certainly has become a very large hurdle in terms of the Big Ten landscape for that. Um, it, it, I think it, I think it's more critical for – Jim Harbaugh right now, just because of the way that they've lost to Michigan, to Ohio State in the last couple of games, they go out and they get Don Brown a couple of years ago, and they just they play tremendous defense until Ohio State comes to the uh, to the table, and then they give up what sixty three and fifty six. Uh, you know, it's certainly uh, and it and, and it's not only that they gave up that amount of points. There just appears to be a stubbornness not to move off of things that are not working. And I think Ohio State ran into that a little bit when Greg Schiano was still the D.C. at Ohio State. Teams had kind of caught up with what Ohio State's scheme was. Ohio State was going to play that press man quarters defense. People were finding things underneath. They were running a lot of slants. Ohio State was not very quick to change into any sort of zone or things that could help uh, take some of that pressure off. And you end up having 2018, which was statistically one of Ohio State's worst defensive years Ohio State still won the conference, of course, but I mean, it was still a really bad year statistically. And that ended up ushering in the one year of Jeff Halfley. And then he left to go to Boston College. And now they bring Kerry Combs back after a stint with the Tennessee Titans. He and, and uh, Greg Madison will be calling uh, the, the defense this year. Um, you know, as for James Franklin, yeah, they would love nothing more than to be an elite program. That's been that's been James Franklin's big thing. We're we're a good team. We're a very good team. We're not an elite team. Um, they played Ohio State close. I mean, there was a stretch of three games where games were decided by one, two, three point type of ranges. There was the one strange game in Happy Valley where a blocked field goal when Ohio State kind of rushed its field goal kicker on. Urban Meyer, honestly, for all of his accolades, should have taken a timeout there. He didn't. I was in the elevator, the press elevator on my way down. I thought the elevator was going, the cable was going to snap because the place just started to roar. And that place is held together with uh, with, a, with a rector set pieces, prayers, and chewing gum. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die here in this elevator. Um, and then Ohio State goes and wins a couple of games that it was down multiple scores in the fourth quarter and comes back to win. Um, I don't know. I, I think Penn State is still closer to catching Ohio State or at least being within, you know, that catch radius. Uh, I think Michigan still has a lot of work to do. Uh, you sit there and everything comes back to recruiting. You look at Michigan's recruiting targets. You look at their class versus Ohio State's. And that, this is not at all denigrating anybody in their class, but Michigan doesn't recruit the same kids that Ohio State does. Is that a matter of Michigan just saying, to hell with it. We're just not, you know, we're not going to be competitive with some of these kids. We're not going to recruit them. Are they just evaluating things differently? We understand you have ties into certain areas or whatever, but when Michigan was beating Ohio State on the reg, they were coming into Ohio and beating Ohio State for Ohio kids. That's not the case anymore. They're not even really recruiting the state of Ohio. They did go out and get Marcus Allen out of uh, the general Dayton area, and then he ended up decommitting from 
from Michigan at this point. So I don't know. I think that uh, Michigan is going to be hard pressed to find somebody else who's going to come in and create that kind of splash. But, you know, at, at some point, they're not going to get rid of him. He's going to say, to hell with this. I'm done with this. I'm, I'm going back to the NFL. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do whatever. I'm just not having fun with this anymore. And I think that that will be the end of the, the Harbaugh tenure when that when that date comes. So last, last couple things before I let you go. And, again, appreciate your time this morning. Um, I wouldn't say it's an absolutely loaded class. In terms of numbers, uh, I still think they've got plenty of room, um, unless I'm speaking out of turn here. But Ohio State, I think they're sitting at 20 total 20. right now. Um, what other big-time national names uh, do do folks out there that, that follow the Buckeyes or are just interested? Who, who do they need to know? I mean, the number one overall player in the country, Corey Foreman, is still available. Um, I, I don't know where, where he's going. Uh, Not Ohio State. I think I have an idea. I have I have some ideas, but it, it, it's kind of moved. We USC was a sexy pick, and then LSU was a sexy pick, and then for a, for a heartbeat, people wanted to try and associate them to Georgia. Um, I'll just say it's not Ohio State. I, I if I could put in a future cast for not Ohio State for Corey Foreman, I would do it <laughs> right this second. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of big names still on the board. I, who are the, I guess, the biggest targets remaining for the Buckeyes? Well, you're going to make me – I'm, I'm going to sit there and say JT, the strong side defensive yeah. end out of the state of Washington. <laughs> I mean, he's the nation's number four player. Um, you know, I really like Ohio State's chances there. I mean, obviously, University of Washington's trying to keep him home right now. They're, you know, there's – he could go anywhere. He really could go anywhere. Um, but I like Ohio State on that one. Then there's uh, out of the same state, Emeka Ibuka, a uh, talented wide receiver. I would say Ohio State and Oklahoma are kind of the top two guys there. Uh, you know, all things being equal based on visits and lack thereof with the dead period going through the end of the year at least. I like Ohio State in that one. Um, I do have a future cast in for them, but I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sold on that one. I just, we just kind of need to see what happens in January. Um Safety Derek Davis out of Monroeville, Pennsylvania, a Pittsburgh suburb. He's going to announce on November 7th. Penn State is probably the leader for him. I think I have a future cast in for that. If not, I will, I will rectify that after we're done recording. Uh, Ohio State's probably running a solid second there. Uh, Ohio State's certainly trying to get Derek Davis to come in for their big Buckeye bash, which is an unofficial, unofficial, unofficial visit on campus. And the university has nothing to do with this because we're in the dead period. But Jack Sawyer uh, and, and some of the other commits are trying to get something to get a lot of the 21 guys in and some 22s. Uh, another name that I'm going to butcher a little bit, there's a top 250 offensive lineman out of Charlestown, Indiana, Keonta Goodwin. Uh, I think yep. Ohio State has a really good shot at landing him. And then another name of maybe somebody that Ohio State is not sitting in a great position with at the moment is uh, offensive lineman Tristan Lee. Uh, I, I tend to think that LSU probably leads there at this point. Ohio State trying to get him in for Buckeye Bash. You never know what happens if you get these guys in and everything else. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I like Ohio State's chances there. I mean, they're still got some other targets on the board as well too. They can get up to twenty five and. The thing is, everybody looks at the hard cap of 85 scholarships, and we really don't know what that's going to look like this next year with this year not really counting eligibility-wise. Right. Um, 
it always it always ends up sorting itself out. I mean, Ohio State seemed to be sitting at like 87 for a long time going into this season, and then lo and behold, they're at 84 or 85. So it always works out. So they could get to 25. They honestly could get to 23 or 24. I mean, they're sitting with a they're already sitting with six commits in the 2022 class, and I think that could be a year that they could really blow up as well too. They're not. You don't. You don't force somebody into a class and make a four or five year decision just because you're worried about count, but you also don't bank scholarships. So we'll see what kind of what happens there. Yeah. As, as I like to tell people all the time, when they ask scholarship questions, they ask about class. I, I, the numbers always work out. They, they just always do. Um, last thing here before we go, Jumpman has been a big deal. You've got Michigan, you've got Florida, you've got North Carolina uh, with football uh, making its way into the game. I know a lot of people thought it was silly. I personally thought it was kind of silly that a, a basketball brand was going to be on jerseys. Florida has it now. Now I think it's great. Um, but in terms of Ohio State, do you think they'll ever do a LeBron James jersey? Uh, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me, honestly. I mean... <laughs> I remember when Ohio State was wearing Russell Athletic. So, you know, I mean, before <laughs> before before they got into uh, before they got into their Nike deal, one of the most lucrative apparel deals in, in college athletics. Uh, obviously, Ohio State basketball does LeBron stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was an expansion of what what his apparel is. I mean, LeBron does, you know, they certainly have their they have all the finest footwear. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 an interesting battle because Ohio State most years will wear one alternate jersey, and all of the old timers and the blue hairs freak out. Oh, that's not the uniform I'm used to. I mean, Ohio State wore a black jersey. The colors are scarlet and gray. Damn it! What's well, there's no there's no <laughs> there's no black in the official school colors. Well, if you really go to the branding, the white and black are both part of the. Of, yeah. of the color palette as well. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that at some point, but uh, I, I think it would be a situation of where we might see it first as kind of a, a, of a one-off, but you know, once LeBron is, LeBron will get to a point of where he's like, all right, I want to, I want to submit my legacy as well too. And I'm seeing all the success Jumpman's having or whatever, and something could be there. And, while Ohio State certainly is not one of the quickest programs in terms of of bucking trends and traditions or whatnot, uh, we're we're looking at a program that's looking at a pretty substantial financial shortfall. And if they could uh, if they could make a couple bucks by doing that, I don't think that athletic director Gene Smith would uh, not return a phone call at least. Yeah, I I, w- I would personally love it. I, you know, I, I'm a huge fan. I think Ohio State does a great job with their alternate uniforms. Um, I loved a lot of the, you know, the, I'm a big fan of the helmet matching the pants. I feel like that works a ton. And that's why I think the, the gray pants work for Ohio state. Um, it just looks clean. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved the black jerseys. I loved the, the all white look that they did for the, for the Michigan game a couple years ago. I believe that was Braxton Miller, um, Braxton Miller's year, but, um, yeah, I think I think a LeBron one-off, or at least have it just in the closet to where they can wear it for a big game. I think that would be cool. Because um, yeah, I mean, not not near anywhere near the Jordan brand, 
but uh but i mean hey he's got four rings now so he's getting up there uh, right. and he's and he's kind of unofficially officially tied to the university there and like you said the basketball team wears them so um yeah i think that'd be cool if they implemented that so um kevin last thing uh before i let you go and i appreciate your time go ahead and tell the folks uh, i got your twitter handle there on the live stream, but tell them where they can find your work, where they can find everything they need to know about Ohio State. Well, yeah, I was going to say my, my Twitter handle is Kevin underscore noon. You can also find our site at OSU at Rivals as well on, on Twitter, but I'm at BuckeyeGrove.com or OhioState.Rivals.com. Uh, we're getting really excited about the start of the Big Ten season. They open against Nebraska this next week and then have Penn State following uh, week two against Penn uh, in, in Happy Valley on Halloween night. So, uh, Check us out at BuckeyeGrove.com. We'll start rolling out all of our usual game day features. And uh, as I said, we got a big recruiting weekend coming up as well for for Ohio State. So hopefully we'll get a lot of uh, good information coming out of that, maybe even a commit or two. All right. That's Kevin Noon of Ohio State's Rivals Affiliate. Thanks to Kevin. Before I let us go here and get ready for Saturday's slate of college football, I do want to remind you, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Kevin, I don't know if you're a guy that gets into the gambling on Saturdays, but if you do, uh, you can go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page for American betting experts, pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, sign up, instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. So it's as easy as can be uh, to make some money. So thanks to the good folks at American Betting Experts. So that's going to do it here for episode three of Respect My Decision. Thanks to Kevin. Thanks to you all for tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. So until next time, take care. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.